Welcome to the Dogs Are the Best Friends podcast. I'm Emily, and my best buddy, Flynn, is here too. Hey, my crazy for the canines friends, it's time to mix it up. This week is a totally different kind of show, but there's still dog stories. I would not disappoint you ever on that point. Today, you are a dog story detective. You need to figure out where these stories came from, what episodes, and then post it on Facebook or Instagram. And I'll put those links in the show notes. But these are our top three episodes. So number three is first, then two, and then number one, the most downloaded show. Please share either this episode or another episode that you really enjoyed with a friend of yours. Did you know that podcasts actually get the word out by good old word of mouth still? It's true. Please share and enjoy. Almost five years old. He'll be five next month. He is 70 pounds of cuddle, (laughs) cuddle and love. Um, He's a brindle boy with white socks and he's a mix. I think he's boxer and pit, but I'm not positive. He's a little rescue boy. So no. So what's the biggest (laughs) challenge with him being maybe a pit and boxer mix? Do you have a lot of people respond like that, you know, scared of him or, you know, in a negative way towards him? Oh, very much so. I mean, you've met him, you know how well-trained he is. So sometimes I will walk him without a leash, but I do make sure that it's in areas where, you know, he is for the most part isolated. Um, But the looks that I've gotten from people in the comments say people can get pretty nasty, especially when it comes to the pit bull um, stereotype. So yeah, that's definitely a challenge, especially at dog parks. I bet. I bet. Yeah. And I'll have to be honest, sometimes I've been scared of them because there's like, there's you know, a couple that tried to attack Flynn, there's like a mix that tried to attack Flynn that in a building kind of near you actually. And then at the dog park, yeah, there's been a couple. Bentley has actually been attacked by a couple of pit bulls too. And he is just, he'll, he's never changed his sweet demeanor. Like he's just still so loving. And there's times when certain dogs, he's a little apprehensive, but he's never been the one to instigate or start anything. He's just, he's such a sweetheart. Wow. See, that speaks volumes right there. Actually, he used to be terrified of males, which was really weird um, because he was never really in any bad situation with humans. So I think it was just a matter of the size, um, but especially bigger males, he was terrified. And I ended up um, when I first moved to Jacksonville, I lived in a house with two male roommates. And I think them and all of their friends constantly coming over and just showing him how loving a male could be. Um, really helped him get over that fear. And now it's, I don't think I've seen that in probably over a year and a half now. Wow. That's wonderful. That's a huge thing. Yeah. It's hard to picture him doing that because he's so confident. You've done a great job with him for sure. And I know like, of course I'm a border collie person because, you know, I have my boy and and I'm crazy about them. And I know you have a great story about one that was in your life when you were a kid. And I hope that you'll share it with our listeners because it just, it's just a great story. Yes. Um, so one of the dogs that we had, his name was Knotts. My stepdad was a, a landscaper and one of his clients was moving to behind um, essentially an airport. Yes. And they couldn't take the dog with them because they were scared that he would get hurt. So we ended up adopting him. And a week into having this dog, um, we, me, my sister, she was probably two, three at the time, just learning to walk. And my mom and stepdad were out in the yard, landscaping, pulling weeds and whatnot. And of course, I mean, we're sitting there hanging out, not really focusing on everything, paying super close attention. 
And we didn't realize that my younger sister was starting to walk towards the road. And right before she crossed the road, Knott's jumped in front of her and laid down and stopped her. Um, as far as encouragement goes, I've noticed a lot of people get frustrated and um, kind of down on themselves when their dog isn't as uh, receptive to training right away. I would say persistence is key. And I, I've always based it on a reward system rather than a punishment system. And that has really gotten me so much further than with the way that my parents kind of demonstrated how to train dogs. And I think that's why that Ben is the way that he is. Um, so really, like I said, persistence is key and love is key. And that is, that's what will get you the type of dog that you want, you know? I could not agree more. Every dog is different. You know, um, we, we've, we've got 10 here and every dog is different and it's our job as owners and as trainers to try to get the best out of that individual dog, like find its strengths, find its weaknesses and, and get the best out of them. So I am a blacksmith and I drive from farm to farm and I spend a lot of time in the truck and I had an old dog. He was an Austrian shepherd, Kelpie cross, and he was a tremendous dog. And I had him oh, when I was in like the ninth grade and oh. he finally, he, he passed away when he was 16. And wow. so he, I'm an only child. So that was like my brother. And so oh. when he passed, um, I, I couldn't be without a dog. You know, I was so used to him being around. I bought Libby and picked her up at Hubert Bailey's house in Dawsonville. While I was there picking up Libby, Mr. Hubert worked five border collies at once. Oh my gosh. There was a, he had a flock wow. of sheep and he worked five dogs at one time. And man, that really left an impression in my mind. Sure. You know, oh yeah. As, as how smart and how intricate you could be with the dog's moves and stuff. And so, when I went home, I, I I knew, you know, like this is kind of what I wanted to do. And I've been able to take lessons from from supreme champions to mm. to people from Europe and stuff like that that do the dog trials and and just dog training and trialing has uh, you know has, has been a tremendous part of my life and, and it's really improved my life. It it allows me to be more artistic in my horseshoeing because I'm not such in a rut in my thinking because I hmm. come home and I practice and I, and I spend time with my dogs. And so it makes me more fluid in my thoughts. The border collies, they, um, you know, they're, they're so sensitive and, and maybe yes. not sensitive in a bad way, but they pick up on your tones and on your movement and, uh, and how you, how you move. And where yes. you're going. And so the border collies have definitely made me more aware of, of how I speak even, you know, because you True. can growl at a border collie and they can take it a little too far. So, yes. so yeah, the, uh, they, they have taught me a That's whole true. lot about myself. Can you explain a little bit about even what sheep herding is and what on earth they're doing and what you're doing out there with the dog and kind of how it works, you know, like give them a visual maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so the border collies, they were bred in the borders of Scotland to help manage large sheep, large sheep flocks in areas where men, you know, couldn't hardly navigate, like on the side of mountains and stuff like that. And so the dogs were bred to do a specific job. And 
now we have trials where um, we pretty much do tasks that a border collie would do and we it's judged by a judge and so you'll have an outrun where the sheep will be set at a distance whether it be anywhere from a hundred yards to to five six hundred yards and some trials are even farther and the dog is judged on how it goes out and gathers the sheep and border collies have a natural gathering ability which sets them apart from from other breeds but uh but their outrun is is judged and then the sheep are brought to the handler or the the person running the dog and then there's uh they take the sheep away and they drive them which they're pretty much pushing the sheep away from you and they push them away in kind of an upside down triangle per se, you know, where with the handler is the bottom point. And then there's two sets of panels about 21 feet apart to the left and to the right. So the dog drives them either to the left or to the right, to the first set of panels and then drives across like in front of you to the other set of panels. And then typically back to what would be a shed ring where you might split the sheep up, whether, you know, the judge might want you to split. If you have four sheep, you'll split them in groups of two. Or if you have three sheep, you'll maybe just take one sheep away from the group. And then we'll put them in a pen after it's over with. And sometimes the order is changed on the shedding and the pinning. But uh, all that is judged on, the lines that we you know we have to stay in kind of a three-foot line to keep all our sheep in a in a line and the judge judges that and every time we deviate off of that line we'll lose points and and we start with a hundred points and your goal is to lose as little as points as you possibly can and uh and Sheepdog trialing is one of the most difficult things I think you can do with a dog because there's so many little nuances and so many little facets of the herding that that you can't control. You know, um, you can't control the weather. You can't nice. control the geography. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you're, we do all of this communicating with the dog by whistles. Right. And if there's hills or valleys, our whistles can be lost if it's windy. Right. Um, I was going to say wind could take it away. Yes. Some of the, um, some of the trials in South Florida, whenever the sea breeze comes on in the afternoon and the wind's blowing right in your face, it's essentially blowing that sound into your face. And so the dog is kind of on its own out there working. And so you have that to deal with. And then also you have the sheep. You know, mm-hmm. um, sheep can be unpredictable creatures. He's like the kind Buddha, soft, beautiful energy. And she's like, I don't know, about out of hell. Um, but we love her immensely too. She's 11 and she is um, a tree walker, um, mm-hmm. black and tan coonhound mix. And how big are they? Like explain to people like the size of those puppies. Yeah, so he's, you know, when we got him, we got him at uh, 12 weeks. And uh, we had a couple of vets tell us, oh, no, he's going to top out at like 40 pounds. And other human beings, intuitive human beings, were like, 40 pounds? Have you seen his paws? <laughs> right? We're like, we know there's no way he's going to be 40 pounds. Right. Um, and <laughs> just a cute little aside, when I first got Maverick, I 
asked him like over and over at night, I, I asked him to keep hold a promise for me. I said, please don't lose the pink spot on your belly because he's oh. a beautiful little pink spot on his belly. And would you please grow into being 75 pounds? Like I would really love that. Right. Wow. He's 75 pounds. I kid you not. Oh my God. And he still has the pink spot. Oh my goodness. That's so cool. So cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Magic. My theory is you need a dog. You can spoon. That's so interesting. So she's stubborn and he's love. What have you learned from these two then? You know, they obviously have very different lessons for you. I love that you're pointing to that. Cause I think, well, what's another angle of stubborn? And I think if we're looking at polar opposites, because in a lot of ways they are. So if Maverick's love, I think of the polar opposite of love being resistance, right? Because love is all allowing. Yeah. It's just all resistant. And that's Mia, like uh-huh. her way or the highway or the, and Maverick's just like this beautiful Buddha love energy. I mean, I think he's dispelled, he continues to dispel so many myths in my universe. Oh. I, I've, I will absolutely always consider him my greatest, greatest teacher. He is. He's my guru. I want to say maybe because he is that love and like everything about him is a push to be more loving. Oh, wow. And so when I'm not, like when I'm out of the flow of allowance and love, it hurts because he's such a master at it. And I feel like it's me. Um what's the word, uh, not acknowledging the gift that he is in my life. Right, right. But I don't use it as this odd, like, guilt thing uh, to self-discipline myself or something. But he's, yeah, he's literally, um, plus he's, you know, when we got him, I I don't think I've ever believed in that whole, like, love at first sight, like, real, love, true love, right? Um, but, I mean, I was so deeply hit with a love bomb by him within, I mean, within 12 hours, you would have thought that we, uh, had had him for 12 years already. Really? Wow. It was, it was nuts. I was like, what is this? I like to tell the story about how we got Maverick because I waited. I was one of those people. I'm a Virgo, so I can be a little too damn practical and planning, but I wanted to be in a space and in a situation. I didn't want to have a dog that just got locked up in the condo, right? Like I was like, if I'm getting a dog, I'm doing it right. Cause I'm not going to feel like a crappy dog mama. Right. Um, so my partner and I had moved into a condo that allowed us to have a dog. And I was working half time at home in my business and then half time outside. Mm-hmm. But, um, so we just hit this point where the landlord was like, yeah, you can totally get a dog. So we went looking uh, at the Boulder County uh, Rescue, which uh, just for your listeners, oh my God, the most amazing rescue ever. So we, we went and there was a border collie there, puppy. And my partner, my partner would have taken anything home. He's like, <laughs> Let's do this one, this one, this one, right? But I was like, no, I got to have that feeling. Um, and I was like, ah it's not it. I remember my partner being really like, she rains on all these spontaneous parades. Right. But I could just feel it. I was like, no, there is something calling us. And about a few weeks later, uh, my partner was online at the rescue, looking at the dogs images. Right. He's like, Oh my God, babe, look at this one. And so he showed me the image and I was like, "Mm, I don't know, let's just go to the rescue. So we go to the rescue and we're walking down different aisles. And he goes down one way. I go down another direction. 
And I just like was screaming bloody murder. I was like, babe, oh my God, get over. Oh my God. And he comes running. I was literally like blocking other people from coming down because I was afraid somebody was going to take this precious dog. I, I knew it was insane. Um, and my response was just ridiculous. A little cray cray. Over the top. <laughs> yeah, over the top. And so he comes and he looks in the, I'm like, babe, look at him. And he goes, and he like gently like taps my shoulder. He's like, that's the dog I showed you online. I was oh. like, not the one. He's like, it is the one. He's like, what's the name? They named him Floyd. And I was like, wow. So we were like, doo, 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 doo. interesting. We're both in love with the same dog. When we brought her home, I, I kid you not, like we went to the airport, picked her up, right? Because we oh, wow. got her from a, a kill shelter uh, in Tennessee. Wow, she had flown, flown over. over. Yep. Yep. And they, we walked in the door. I had her in my arms. She was still coming out of the, you know, from being drugged on, on right. the flight so that she didn't, you know, get too anxious. Right. And Matt, we walked through the door and Maverick looked at us like, what have you done? Oh. Like he knew. He yeah. knew. We were like, uh-oh. Because we got her for him. <laughs> that's we were like everyone's like you can't just have one dog you have to have two that's so mean he says it but it's not true yeah so uh, apparently it's yeah. not true so the look and maverick had already what had always welcomed everyone who came but he knew i'm telling you smart guy he was yeah. like that chick is trouble <laughs> and the drugs started coming off and she we had the l-shaped couch she wouldn't let him get up on the couch anyway. She started trying to own the place the moment the drug, like within an hour of being in the house. She was Whoa. like, let's get things straight. The dog bowls are mine. The couch is mine. Everything's mine. Mm. And Maverick's Buddha, right? So he would like, you know, back down. We were like, oh, this is not going to fly, little right. mate. Like, mm -mm. But the biggest challenge we had is she's never learned that she's not the alpha. Never. Still to this day, she challenges. Still to this day. Now they're older. Right. They, I mean, only within the last couple of years have they. It's gotten really sweet where now they lay on the bed together and their butts will even touch. I decided to do this kind of on a whim as I looked at our stats and I looked at the looming May date. Why is it looming? Because it'll be a year that I've been doing this podcast. Now, I thought about doing this podcast for two years. I know, ridiculous, but hey, I am so grateful that I'm doing it, and I have so enjoyed meeting all these crazy for the canines people. Be sure to post on Instagram or Facebook your best guests. Sit on your haunches and share your hunch. I hope you've enjoyed this, and I look forward to seeing you next week. 